Welcome to episode 17 of the Dose of Joy podcast. I'm your host, Joy Huber. Thanks for listening into the show. I know your time is valuable, and I aim to make it worthwhile. I mentioned last week today's show is focused on cancer in kids to give you hope and help by highlighting resources, saving you time and energy searching for all these. I'm here to guide you right to them. This will be another two-part episode, so watch for the second part dropping next week. According to an American Cancer Society webpage, I'll share on the Dose of Joy podcast Facebook page, the types of cancers that develop in children are often different from the types that develop in adults. Unlike many cancers in adults, Childhood cancers are not strongly linked to lifestyle or environmental risk factors, and only a small number of childhood cancers are caused by DNA or gene changes that are passed from parents to their child. With some exceptions, childhood cancers tend to respond better to certain treatments. Finding this this on the Cancer Society page, as it reads as of this recording, gave me a lot of hope. You should feel hope, too. This might be because of differences in the cancers themselves, as well as because children often get more intense treatments. Also, children usually don't have many of the other health problems that adults with cancer cancer might have, which can often get worse with treatment. On the other hand, children's bodies are still growing, and they're more likely to have side effects from some types of treatment. For example, children, especially very young children, are more likely to be affected by radiation therapy. Many cancer treatments also can cause long-term side effects, so children who have had cancer will need careful follow-up for the rest of their lives. In the United States, most children and teens with cancer are treated at a center that is a member of the Children's Oncology Group, COG. All of these centers are associated with a university or children's hospital. These centers offer the advantage of being treated by a team of specialists who know the differences between between adults and childhood cancers, as well as the unique needs of children and teens with cancer and their families. Any time a child is diagnosed with cancer, it affects every family member and nearly every aspect of the family's life. So let's talk about some helpful information on how to cope when your child is diagnosed with cancer. 
No one is ever prepared to hear that their child has a life-threatening illness. For most parents, the first few weeks are a blur. Parents have a lot to manage after a child is diagnosed with cancer, and the first few weeks can be overwhelming. If your child has been diagnosed with cancer, there are no right or wrong feelings. Some parents have trouble believing that this is happening. Others cry. Other parents focus on making treatment decisions. And all of these reactions are normal. I'm thinking back to page 63 of my Cancer with Joy book here. So if you have a copy, you can follow along. You can get a copy on Amazon too and get an ebook you can get into immediately or an audiobook you can listen to. In my Do's and Don'ts at Diagnosis chapter, I recommend on this page, do get mad, sad, bitter, depressed, etc. As I wrote, feel the emotions you are naturally feeling. Don't try to suppress or fight them off. What I think we find too often is when we suppress something, it bubbles back up anyway when it's not dealt with. So, Here's a few ideas for what can help you cope with your emotions and the added stress. Using support from social workers, counselors, nurses, psychologists, and doctors. Leaning on family members or friends, talking with them, or letting them help with household needs. Using or learning strategies to reduce anxiety or tension, such as exercising, listening to music, or keeping a journal. Finding strength in religious beliefs or spiritual practices and talking to pastors, rabbis, or other clergy. Openly discussing fear and anxiety with cancer treatment team members. Taking care of yourself, eating right, getting rest, and taking breaks. Taking control of decisions involving your child as much as possible. Expressing anger in a healthy way. Getting out that energy or emotion in a workout. Talking with other parents of children with cancer and learning to care for your child and getting all your questions answered. Now, you're likely understandably feeling overwhelmed, so take some deep breaths and focus on one thing at a time, day by day and even minute by minute or hour by hour at a time. Here's some helpful tips for learning about treatment options and making decisions in the midst of work and still being a parent possibly to other children if your child has siblings. Get to know the people on your child's cancer care team and what they do on the cancer care team. Get a notebook to bring to all your child's appointments to take notes and write down questions before and after the visit. 
Remember, I've shared on the podcast Facebook page terrific lists of helpful questions you may want to ask. I'll share that again this week. Ask a family member or friend to be there and take notes when you talk with healthcare professionals about treatments or how they are helping your child get better. Ask staff to repeat information or explain something in a new way if you do not understand. Take time to read through information the treatment team gives you in a quiet space. In the first few weeks after a child's diagnosis, family schedules and routines get turned inside out. The first few weeks can feel like a movie of someone else's life. Part of what helps kids with cancer, their siblings, and other family members cope is finding ways to keep as many things the same as possible or creating new predictable routines around treatment schedules. This reminds me of the recommendation I give on page 72 of my Cancer with Joy book, Do Try to Keep a Sense of Normalcy to Life. It can take a little while to get through the initial shock and learning about your child's illness, but here are some things to think about and resources to help you keep or create routines while your child is getting treatment. Talk with your employer about what is happening quickly after diagnosis to find out what programs and resources are available to help you take time off or keep working during your child's treatment. There are different types of leave, including family medical leave, that may be available. You may also be able to work from home or from the hospital, depending on your job. If people in your community and family offer to help, think about things they can do to help that will help your family keep routines. They may be able to help drive siblings to school or to activities with meals or in other ways to help keep your household running as smoothly as possible. Consider asking a friend or family member to be the contact person for managing and coordinating offers to help. I know I personally have a friend whose young daughter has been sick, and I've asked her to text me their food order for Chipotle, and then I've ordered and paid for their food, picking it up and driven it to their home, so supper was completely taken care of. One less thing to deal with. Talk with the healthcare team about when and if your child may be able to return to school. It will help to know how and when schoolwork can be part of your child's life during treatment. There are a few different ways your child can keep up with school during treatment, so it is best to talk with your team about the best school options for your child. Homebound instruction may be provided by the public school without an additional cost. The school district might arrange for a teacher to work with your child at home if they have to be out of school for longer periods of time but are not in the hospital. 
Some children with cancer might go to school during some parts of treatment and then receive homebound instruction or hospital instruction during other parts of their treatment. Attending a hospital or clinic-based school. When a child will have to be in the hospital for a long time, they might be able to have teachers from their school district or from the hospital school come and teach. In-hospital schooling can also work well for children who do not feel well enough to have more than one hour of instruction a day. Even one hour of school a day can still give the children the feeling of connection to what children without cancer do every day. Attending school during treatment Some children can go to school during treatment, depending on their treatment schedule, how they feel, and infection risk. Ask the cancer care team when during treatment your child can go to school. Some children enjoy seeing friends when they feel well and can go for small blocks of time during the school day. There may be times when they cannot go because of how they are feeling, treatment schedules, or other factors. Additional support services called 504 plans or Individualized Education Plans, IEP. These may be part of how the school, your cancer care team, and your family work together to help your child participate in school during their treatment and after. The teacher that works for the hospital or the social worker on the cancer care team can help you understand how these services work for children with cancer. Ask the healthcare team for a schedule of treatments for the first few weeks, including how long they think appointments and treatments will last so you have an idea of how the days and weeks flow. Talk with the healthcare team about what medicines your child will take at home and how they can be scheduled to match your family's routines with meals and bedtimes. Know that it will take time to create new routines and that your family will adjust. Some families find it helpful to create a website to keep friends and family members up to date on their child's journey. This could save you a lot of time creating one update versus sharing the same information over and over again, answering texts and phone calls. I've shared with you previously, and I'll post their site again on the podcast Facebook page, but I used CaringBridge as a way to keep the masses informed on my cancer battle. Now, The American Cancer Society has a really wonderful page on helping your child adjust to a cancer diagnosis, and covering everything on this whole page would take a while, so I'll call out some things to give you an idea of what you'll find for each age group, and I'll share the link to the page so you can go right to it. The great news is you wouldn't need to take your time reading the whole page as it gives recommendations by age group, which is super useful. You can go right to the age your child is and review the tips for you. 
When children and teens are diagnosed with cancer, their whole world changes overnight. Instead of going to school, being with friends, and focusing on the tasks of growing up, they may have to suddenly cope with hospital stays, blood draws, tests, taking medicine, and having surgery or other treatments. The first few weeks can be frightening and stressful for everyone in the family. Children and teenagers often respond to news of a cancer diagnosis with a range of emotions that reflect those of their parents. The child's age, stage of development, and personality also affect how they react. Parents and trusted caregivers know their child in ways that the cancer team does not. The cancer care team has expertise treating children in cancer, but you know your child. Your knowledge makes you an important part of the treatment team that will work together to help your child through the first few weeks after diagnosis. As for sharing cancer information with your child, it may feel easier to try to protect children and teens from cancer by not talking to them about their diagnosis and treatment, but most children and teens figure out something important is happening when they do not feel well or having tests, and they see adults having quiet conversations with healthcare professionals. Most Most children and teens will be less worried and afraid if they are given honest and age-appropriate information about their cancer from the beginning. Having information also helps them cope and builds trust in their caregivers. Talk with the cancer care team about resources to help you talk with your child about their diagnosis. Some families prefer to have adults receive the information first and then share it with the child. Other families find that it works best if everyone hears information from the cancer care team together. You can ask the cancer care team to talk to your child with you present, or you may choose to be the one to share the information with your child and a few trusted friends or family members. With that, I conclude today's episode of Dose of Joy. If you enjoy the show, please leave a five-star review with positive comments wherever you're listening in. Also, tell someone you know facing cancer about this show so they can listen in and catch up on all the previous episodes they're interested in. Contact the show at doseofjoypodcast at hotmail.com. And don't forget to like the Dose of Joy podcast page on Facebook. Until next time, I leave you with my heartfelt wish for a joy-filled life. I'm gonna laugh and I'm gonna cry. The world is waiting here for me. I can do more than just survive. I wanna see how far I can go. Watch me put my